Hey everyone, this is Marcus Allen. It is Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. It is 5.28 in the p.m. And this is the Marcus Allen Show. Well, where do I start? I've got some bad news and some good news. I always start with the bad news. By the way, I'm in Valley Forge Park on my iPhone in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. And I'm here because it's a beautiful day. It's uh, 92 degrees, but it's a, it's a dry heat. I love when they say that. And I'm not sweating, and I hate to sweat. So I'm in my car with my microphone rig hooked up. It looks pretty funny, actually. I should take a picture. Yeah, so I got some bad news and good news. Let me just jump right to it. I always jump right to the, to the stuff. And I always go for the bad news when in that scenario. And that is... I think I'm no longer going to do the Marcus Allen show here at escapethenewnormal.com. For those of you who are new to me, I've been doing this since 2008, September 11th, 2008, and it's an experiment that has gone on way too long. I love doing these so much that I got blindsided by my own hopium and optimism and yes I've quit several times I've been reminded on with Tim at fakeologist.com that I've quit like four or five times on him and I've quit on you this audience maybe one or two times in the past and I'm totally fine with that uh, in fact I'm gonna go over that in a second I I'm an experimenter I like to uh, I know some people don't like outside the box thinking but that is me. I am a, a disruptor. Seth Godin calls it causing a ruckus. And I've had many failures in my life, in my business life. I've had three or four good successes, one really big success. And that's the reason I have, and I get stuff done. And I do that because I experiment. And this experiment's not working. It's really interesting because the I thought for sure that on March 13th, 2020, when the United States announced the pandemic, scam-demic, that people would be just rushing to come to this podcast and this show to find out what's really going on. And it's it, it never works out like you think. It's been quite the opposite. I launched, for example, Exclave Private Towns earlier, five years earlier than I wanted to because, again, I thought there was an opportunity to help people who wanted to hang with like-minded people and not have to wear masks and not have to vaccine, and that was going to be the promise of these 21 towns that I'm developing. And again, virtually no interest at all. In fact, it was the opposite of interest. It was, it was bizarre. And... I tried soft launching that a couple times, once April 1st, 2020, and then I believe sometime in the fall in 2020, nothing, virtually no interest. I mean, when I say virtually, I mean like 13 to 15 people were interested and actually put money down to a little bit of money to make it happen. And it's not happening. And what's interesting is uh, I was at the my favorite Starbucks. I. I've been going back to Starbucks lately because they don't mask. They got rid of that. And my favorite Starbucks by far 
Actually, it's my second favorite. My first favorite Starbucks is in Annapolis, Maryland. Oh my goodness, is the vibe amazing there. But here at Great Valley, it's all business people. It's, cor it's mostly corporate. And it's also small business owners like myself. And the vibe and the way people do things is awesome. I live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour away from here. And it's night and day. For example, when I use my Apple Watch and use Apple Pay to make a payment, people look at me in absolute awe. It's like sorcery to them. Oh my God, you're paying with your watch. You know, when I go to Great Valley, everyone pays with their watch. It's like being in Silicon Valley on the East Coast of the United States. It's quite fascinating to see. So yeah, the... Oh, so I was sitting next to uh, a man who looked about my age and he's with someone who was 10 or so years old and he was homeschooling him. Well, at least it appeared to be. And I went up to him. In fact, I recorded it with my watch. Um, but I'm not going to release it because I didn't get his permission. And it was a wonderful conversation. It was a breath of fresh air because over the last, was it been two and a half years since COVID-1984, I haven't been able to have these conversations with people. People are so afraid that germs are going to spread that people just keep to themselves. It's the first, it might not be the first, it might be the second or third, but I'm used to talking to like one person a week. And now it's like one person in two years. So I had a great conversation with him. Probably, well, let's see, I was there. It might have been two and a half hours. This is just a regular thing for me. And it's just because I, I went up to him and I asked him if he was homeschooling his child. And I asked him that because I'm desperately trying to get my wife, who is just retired, to homeschool on YouTube. There's a huge opportunity there. If you go to search YouTube for homeschool curriculum, anything to do with homeschool, there is one teacher and she's not that good. Let's be honest. She's, in fact, she's terrible. But she has 613,000 subscribers. She's only put out 300 videos, which is not a lot to get that many subscribers. She's been doing it for seven years. And she does like one every other month. And I'm trying desperately to get convince my wife to take her pearls of wisdom and to put it on YouTube along with my 16 year old son. He could actually make the YouTube videos. She would just write out the outline for the curriculum and they would make it happen. Anyway, so I was telling the guy about what I do for a living, which is this. Yes, it is my living. And he was kind of blown away. But then I told him, I said, well, I said, I'm about to quit on this podcast and this show in two hours. At five o'clock, I'm going to, because that's in, in my calendar, at five o'clock, I'm going to Valley Forge Park with my windows rolled down, overlooking the beauty. And I'm going to announce to my list that I'm no longer doing this version of the Marcus Allen Show. By the way, the good news is I have another version of the Marcus Allen show with a twist. And at the end of the conversation, he said, you know, uh, he said two things. He said, um, 
because we talked about friends and I said, I have no friends. Literally. I said, I've been doing this since 2008 and there's not a single person who has come to my house or met up with me and is, is friends with me. And I'm totally okay with that. You don't have to feel bad for me. I mean, my friends are my wife and my two sons and that's plenty of joy to spread around. I'm just surprised I would think that there'd be one person out there who'd want to befriend me. And I told him, I said, the problem that I have is that I go too far. I said, in fact, I said, let me test it. And I, we talked about flat earth, round earth. We talked about Freemasonry. We talked about 9-11, Sandy Hook, no one dying in shootings. And he stuck with it. There, Actually, the... The Sandy Hook thing was was um, was getting a little too far. That was out of his comfort zone. And the only reason that all this stuff wasn't is because he too, like many people out there, they know something is wrong. They just don't know what it is. But the Sandy Hook thing was going a little bit too far, so I stopped. 9-11, of course, he knew someone who knew someone who died. And not everyone knows someone who knows someone who died on 9-11. Like everyone, including me. My college roommates, ex-wives, brother or sister, allegedly died on 9-11. It's mind-blowing. Supposedly 7 billion people on the planet. Supposedly 3,000, not even, less than 3,000 people die on 9-11. Everyone knows someone who dies on 9-11. That is statistically impossible. If anyone just thinks that through, think about that. 3,000 into 7 billion. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that's statistically impossible, but it is what it is. Anyway, at the end of the conversation, we, he went to fist pump me. I hate that. I shook his hand, which is ironic because three years ago, I know people, what they do with their hand. I don't want to shake their hand, but now I'm so upset with people and the germs and the scare and the fear porn and I shake their hand. He went to fist pump me. I'm like, I don't do fist pumps. I shake hands. He shook my hand. He's like, uh, I don't, he goes, I don't, I don't believe you have no friends. And he said, I think it'd be a shame if you stopped doing what you're doing. Cause I know I would listen. With that said, that's not going to change anything. So let me tell you what's going on. There are five must haves for me to live a meaningful life. And I'm looking at my notes right now. Cause I just wrote a chapter in my new chapter of life, which is finishing my book called Hocus Pocus Focus. It's for small business owners and solo entrepreneurs to help them stay the course, stop procrastination, and get stuff done. That is the change that I'm looking to help. That, that's one of the changes. I actually have two other books I'm writing, uh, but let's focus on this. So my five must-have things in life, they're kind of... they're. They're more like, it's more like guidance. Like I break them sometimes, but not usually. They are fun, change, respect, professionalism, and tears. So why do I bring this up? Well, number one, I'm bringing it up because I'm quitting this show and it's because I'm not getting these five things and it's not negotiable. 
I have two or three of these things happening right now when I do this show. For example, fun. And professional, definitely. And tears, not so much. And respect, yes. And change, definitely not. So I don't even have half of these. And that's when it really hit me. In fact, in my book, I talk about doing a sweep. Sweep through your life and take a look at the things that are making sense for you and the things that are not making sense. And doing this since 2008, it certainly has been my therapy, but from an ROI and impact way of looking at things, it's been terrible. But that's okay, I don't have any regrets in life because it makes me who I am. But if I had to do it over again, I certainly wouldn't have gone, what is it now, 13 years? 2008, you know, I guess it's 14 years. It's coming up on 14 years. So let me explain. Fun, self-explanatory. I don't like to be average. Period. And I always wonder, I'm like, why is it that people, just because they make money, go to a job that they hate? Why not go to a job or be your own boss and do something that's fun. Like to me, if, take Dave Portnoy, for example. If you don't know Dave, he reviews pizzas, slices of pizza every day. That's one of his gigs. That sounds like fun. And he makes money off of that. Why? Because millions of people, and by the way, you can do this for anything. You could go to forests and find insects and you will make money doing this. He makes, my guess is if he put ads on, whoops, I just knocked the microphone. If he put ads on, if he, I don't know if he's turned them on. If he turns them on, in fact, let me look it up. Let me see if I can look it up here. I'm in the park. There's no Wi-Fi. I can't look it up. I'm betting he has millions of subscribers. Here's the formula for how much money you make on YouTube minimum per subscriber. It's a buck. If you have a million subscribers, you're going to make a buck per subscriber per year, typically. That's if you don't know what you're doing. If you know how to monetize things, if you do brand deals, if you make hoodies, if you do all these different things, you'll make a lot more. So if he has, let's say, let's go low, a million subscribers, He's going to make a million dollars just traveling around, ranking who has the best pizza. All he does is like, that's a 7-4. That's an 8-1. This one sucks. It's a 5-1. That's his job. Each pizza review is between three and five minutes. Sometimes there's seven. Can you imagine? That sounds like fun. Why do we have to go slave at a job? We don't. We have here in America, where I live, we have the option to create our own job. We can create our own fun. We can decide whether we want to be miserable. We have the choice still. Now, who knows? Maybe they'll take that away. But as of today, that's what we have. So when I was, I think in my lower 20s, age I'm 55 now, I said to myself, I am never going to work. Okay, let me back up. The last job I had was at Pizza Hut while I was going to Westchester University to get my MRS degree. MRS stands for Mrs. Marcus Allen. And mission accomplished, got my wife. 
dropped out with a 0.1 GPA. Yes, I'm not exaggerating. I literally, up oh, there's a big train coming. Big train. And now I'm the only car in this parking lot. Unbelievable. It's perfect weather at a park, and I am literally the only one here. Got a 0.1 GPA. I just didn't care. I knew college wasn't for me. My parents forced me to go to college. They were paying for it. It's ironic that college is just like what I'm talking about in my book, Hocus. It's called Hocus Pocus Focus. If you don't treat what you do like a professional instead of a hobby, you're not gonna get anything done. You're gonna procrastinate all day. Everything I do in life right now is I treat it like it's, it's my profession. Even if it's cutting the lawn. Oh, it's getting hot now. Should I turn on the air? I'm gonna turn the air on for a little bit. Get that, get that air C cooking. Hold on, let's get it really cooking here. Oh boy, that just, whoo, high. Okay. Uh, that's going to be too loud. You're not going to be able to hear me. Screw it. I am now sacrificing for this audio. So the last job I had was at Pizza Hut. Mark, this is my manager. Come see me. What's up, whatever your name is. Hey, someone just threw up and barfed in the men's room. Go clean it up. I quit. <laughs> that was it. That's all it took. And I haven't had a job, haven't had a J-O-B since. And I've made it. Like, all through my life is like, as long as I could just make it and survive. I don't care if I have savings or not. If I could just make it and enjoy life and have the fun life, count me in. So anyway, that's that's number one. It's got to be fun. So is doing this show fun? Depends. Me doing this right now is not fun. I hate talking to myself. I hate this. I like when other people are on the car, uh, call. Or if my family is listening in. Because then they can call me on my bullshit. I'm not perfect. But I'm willing to go outside the box. I'm willing to lean in. I'm willing to cause a ruckus. And when you do that, sometimes you're going to say things that aren't true. And when you have people listening, then they can call you out. And I love that. I love feedback. I love feedback. As you know, I live in the comments online. And I love that. Oh, we got someone pulling up some hot chicks. Maybe they'll join my show before my wife gets here. She's coming shortly. So is it fun? It is fun when I'm with other people. And that was the other experiment that I tried, oh, three, four months ago with Tim at fakeologist.com. I said to him something like, I would pull it up, but my internet isn't working because I'm in the park. Hey, I had this experiment I want to do. I want to do something on a monthly basis. Can we do a super show of some sort where there's a bunch of guests, the guests are different each time. What do you think about that? He wrote back, I'm always up for trying something new, which I really appreciate. But instead of having different guests each time, we had the same guests, which worked out for me. And instead of doing it every month, which would give me enough material so it wouldn't be boring, he convinced me, I'm being nice, 
uh, to do it every week. And why? Well, I don't know the exact reason, but I can guess. I remember the, the second to last time I was on the show, three donations came in during the show. So it was working. It was working for him. It was definitely fun for him. But um, then the drama kicked in. And then Tim didn't want to talk about this. And he didn't want to talk about that. And then it became not fun. So that's what the fun part is on my five must-haves to a living a remarkable life and doing this show. Next is change. My goal in life is to change just 1% of the people that I connect with. I am not looking to change the world. I don't think it's possible to change 100% of the people out there. I think you could be Jesus. <laughs> and you still can't convince 100% of the people. People are super different. You're lucky if you can convince, well, 1% of the people. So me, I keep my expectations low, 1%. So was I able to meet the 1% success rate? The answer is no. How do I know that? By the way, what is success? Success is changing people for the good. Did my show change people for the good? And I would say the answer is no. Most people can't handle the truth about life. They have been so propagandized and brainwashed that I, when I reach a certain level, they go from interest to not interested. And it's almost impossible to win them back. And I know this is true statistically because I live in the stats. I am into analytics, not because of ego, but because I want to see if what I'm talking about makes a change for good. One way to know that is to see if people are sharing the episodes. And the truth is, there wasn't a lot of sharing going on. The numbers would stay the same. Uh, this week, they were way down. Now, of course, you can't go by one week. Maybe it's because it's summer and everyone's at the beach. Who knows? Although you would think with a podcast, they'd be listening more when they're at the beach. Uh, I don't go by months. I go by quarters. So I look over the quarters and see if things are trending up. In most businesses that I've done last 15 years, my numbers have always trended up. Where it's clearly affecting more than 1%. I'm getting like 10% of the people who are passing it along. And that gets into, not Maxwell's law, I forget what law it is. It's the square of the, I forget what the number is. Anyway, with with the show, with the Marcus Allen Show, at escapethenewnormal.com, it's, it's, not, it's not changing. The, the numbers aren't proving that people are passing it along. Seth Godin talks about, give your, your product to 10 people and see what happens. Give your book to 10 people. If, ten, if one of those people share it, you've got a winner. If no one shares it, no one asks you for more copies, no one asks for feedback, no one contacts you, then it's time to move on to the next thing. Next, respect. Where do I begin? I'm looking at what I wrote, and I'm trying to match it to this. Um, Tim at Fakeologist always talks about the opposite of the word like is hate. Is not hate, but it's indifference. And uh, to me, you know, indifference is just as bad as being invisible. It means I'm not making an impact. There's no difference to be made. 
there's no change for the good to be had and it goes against a quotation that's often given to Gandhi <coughs> excuse me but it's not Gandhi it was actually someone else and it goes something like first they ignore you then they ridicule you and then they attack you and want to burn you and then they build monuments to you that's basically the end goal of that is is respect I don't want to be liked I for example I know for a fact all the people at Fakeologist on the super show that we did don't like me fact and that's cool I love it I, I don't even like people who like me I like people who respect me it's as simple as that so was I getting the respect yes yeah, so that was that's one check mark in the column. And finally, or actually second to last is professional. So I think I already talked about this. Uh, you know, when I do things, let me back up. There are two ways to look at doing stuff. Are you doing things that are a hobby or are you being a pro about it? Now, for the last two years, it's been a hobby, technically, because I've never asked for money. I've never asked for... I've never ever... That's not true. I did an experiment when I asked for donations. It flopped miserably. Tim, again, I keep bringing up Tim. Tim at fakeologist.com is a big believer in value for, for value, which means give your time, treasure, or talent in exchange for not putting anything behind a paywall. Everything is free. Enjoy it all and, and then pay what you think it's worth. I have mixed feelings about that. If you go to his donor page and you add everything up you know he, he's not even making 100th minimum wage for what he's doing now he could say well you know it's in the beginning here maybe 10 years from now so many people will be at the website that it'll it'll be worth it I'm not so sure I'm not so sure I think the big problem with that is technical you have to have micropayment system in place right now uh, I do like, you know, he's into Adam Curry. Adam Curry has this thing right now where you pay, I think, per listen. It's a micropayment thing. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm speechless, and that's impossible. I'm never speechless. I, I just don't know what to think about it. The point is... Um, Everything. So I have I have not brought in any money in the last couple of years. I've just done this because I really thought, and I'm going to get into this in a big way soon. I really thought the end of the world was coming with COVID, not because it was real, but because they were really going to to clamp down and never release the clamp. It was going to be like the scorpion who keeps squeezing and squeezing and squeezing until the victim dies. But today. <laughs> There are no restrictions. People are going to school in my neck of the woods right now. No mask, no vaccine, no this, no that, no digital ID. None of the things that we were all worried about just six months ago is happening right now. So, I mean, things are literally back to normal. And I really thought that that was never going to come. And that's why I went full time into doing this 
and was professional about it. Finally, tears. And this is the big one. One way that I seek out respect is to look for tears. I'm not talking tears of joy. I'm talking about the tears when I quit something. For example, in my first couple of businesses that I started, when I closed them down, one was a non-alcoholic nightclub. When I closed it down, no one noticed and no one cared. There were no tears. I had a golf grip business. No one noticed, no one cared. What was after that? I had a sign business. No one noticed, no one cared. I had a postcard advertising business. That's when I started to get the tears. That's when people, when I told them, uh, the reason I, I shut down my postcard advertising business was because of 9-11. 9-11 happened, and I knew it was fake from minute one, literally. Actually, it was about 15 minutes in. I knew it was a fraud. Well, I had this thing called the $10,000 marketing tip of the day. And I was sending it out every single business day. And that's what brought in the vast majority of my business plus word of mouth. It was great. I went from zero, literally zero, to almost a million dollars in business the last year I was open. And then 9-11 happened. And actually, things went down the tubes six months before 9-11, just like six months before COVID. There's something that happens. They do something to the economy six months before. Now, I was in the postcard average. So I was a trailing statistic. In other words, my customers were being affected six months before 9-11, didn't have any advertising money, and that trickled down to me eventually. So I, I saw it last. But here was, here was the worst part. A year after 9-11, I started up my marketing tip of the day, and I had the vocal minority of people. This is at a time when I cared what people thought. I've completely shifted on that, and you'll see that in my book. By the way, you can get my book for free, and I'll tell you where to get that in a, in a second. In my book, I talk about not giving a shit about what people think about you. That's the, that's the secret. That's a big secret. But back then, uh, in 2001, I cared what people thought about me. So maybe two or three people screamed, how dare you send out these emails so soon after 9-11? And it was so bad that I think I went another six months or so. I went a very long time not sending out emails. And it killed my business. The economy killed my business. And not being able to advertise killed my business. And I had to close down. And that's when the tears really started to come through. I had people literally crying to me, business, small business owners, saying, please stay open. Or please send out this one last one. I really need the... That's how I know that I'm onto something, that I'm making an impact, that I'm making a difference. Are there tears that come when I quit the business? Now, when I said that I was not doing the super show anymore, did anyone shed a tear? No. I think I had three people email me. One person's like, please come back. Another person was I understand how you feel uh, about blah 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 and I it, they were just it was not remarkable it wasn't anything that was remarkable that I remembered and there were certainly no 
tears of upsetness because I was quitting the super show. Now, I won't know if there are tears of me turning this off right now because I have removed as part of the next chapter in my life, I've removed ways of contacting me. I took down my email address, which I've had up since 2008 because I'm laser focused on hocus, focus, focus. And that's my new chapter. So where can you get Hocus Pocus Focus, the book? Well, you can read it online for free at my new website. It's called Websites for the Win. I will have a link to it in the companion notes underneath this. What am I calling this? Let's see, today is 8-24-2022. I'm calling this, This Took All the Fun Out of the Show. This Took All the Fun Out of the Show. So, if you go to websitesforthewind.com, right now there's a way you can give me your phone number and stay in contact with me. That's another thing that kind of bothered me about the conspiracy conclusion slash critical thinking audience is they're extremely paranoid. I've had several people already check out websites for the win. Not several, I've had two. And both of those people said, oh, I'm not giving my phone number. <laughs> people are so paranoid. Oh, they're going to get you. And I've been screaming now for, for over a decade. They're not going to come get you. What we're seeing on TV is fear porn. Scare mongering. But anyway, uh, if you're a small business owner, especially if you're a sole entrepreneur, also known as a solopreneur, and you would like to get all of my stuff, where I talk about building your business, building your website, growing your business, etc., etc., then go ahead, subscribe there. It's free. Websitesforthewind.com. Um, next, am I going to come back? Oh, by the way, it, I have uh, made a commitment in the book. In my book, on the first page of the book, it says that I will work on this book. It's 141 chapters. Yes, 141 chapters on how to get how I get things done. It's a book about me. It's an autobiographical book. I don't give advice. 141 chapters and my target date is April of 2023. And I am extremely supernova focused on getting this done on time. Well, the way to do that is I got to get rid of all the things that don't count. I got to make this count. What things don't count? Doing this show isn't counting. Now, will I return back to the show? I doubt it. But I hope I do. I got to tell you, it was a pleasure speaking to the person at Starbucks. If I'm going to come back and do it, remember, I don't like doing it myself. I think what I would do is I would go either set up a booth, a little booth with a little table and a little sign that says, talk to me or something like that. And just interview people. I love interviewing people. That is fun. It's going to help change some, at least 1% of the people, hopefully. There will be some respect because once people talk, look, let's be honest. People don't talk to me for five minutes. Clearly, the respect is there. They always talk to me for two and a half hours. It's only until I go too far where the respect goes away. So if I can record someone for an hour that's below the two and a half hours, I probably won't piss them off and it'll be great. It'll be great radio. 
uh, and unprofessional. Uh, and will they shed tears after, well, they might shed tears, but not for all the right reasons. <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm thinking is once I get the book done and I have two more books after that, but this book is important, um, because it, it, this book is going to set up the next two books, which I won't tell you the title yet. It'll make sense once you see it. So there it is. That's what's happening. That's the good news and the bad news. Again, if you go over to websitesforthewind.com, you'll hear the Marcus Allen show, but it's going to be mostly about, it's going to be way more about business stuff than it is about conspiracy theory and critical thinking. Although I'll, I'll definitely sneak that in. The, the other advantage of doing this, by the way, is I won't be censored. It'll be the first time in a long time that I'll be able to post on YouTube and post on Twitter without censorship. Uh, and then I'll build up a big list, and then at the right time, I'll get them right back to critical thinking. Okay, I'm sweating my tail off right now. It is 6.05 p.m. Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. And again, I hope to see you at websitesforthewind.com. Talk to you soon.